We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, in a surprising turn of events, we learned Wednesday that Ravens Pro Bowl cornerback Marlon Humphrey, he is dealing with a foot setback, which is going to require surgery. And Sarah, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is reporting that Marlon is scheduled to undergo that surgery today, Wednesday, and the hope is that he can be back in a little over a month. That's what the initial reporting from Ian stated. Well, I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Thursday, August 17th, and this is your instant reaction live stream from Inside the Vault. Technically, if you're watching it live, it's Wednesday the 16th, but if you're in podcast form the next morning, it is Thursday the 17th. Lots going on right now. We're trying to service two different audiences, but with that, the second day of joint practices is now complete between the Ravens and Commanders. And so we're going to catch you up to speed on the happenings from day two, which included some frustrations that have become somewhat all too familiar in the last week or so since, or really multiple weeks since this offense has been implemented, uh, boiling over a little bit for Mark Andrews. Yeah, and Bobby, I can't imagine that the Washington Commanders defensive backs are going to want to see rookies a flowers again anytime soon, even though they will this Monday when they play in the preseason. Uh, because after what he's done, they're going to want to figure out how to, to change up their style. We've got some highlights of him breaking ankles again. What else is new with Zay? We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up. And technically, you're not waking up, right? Because this is an instant reaction live stream. Perhaps you are on Thursday morning. But anywho, this is where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So without further ado, let's get into the main task at hand here, which is somewhat surprising news regarding cornerback Marlon Humphrey. I'm sure you've already seen it at this point. But here were the reports earlier. From the NFL Network guys, Mike Garofolo, Ian Rappaport, both reporting that he is expected to now miss time. Mike was sort of a, an initial report. Ian's was a follow-up, so Ian's is probably the more substantial one here. Marlon's dealing with a foot injury, and he's expected to have surgery today. Again, that is Wednesday, and the hope is that he's back in a little over a month. So out for the first couple games. Let's begin here. Obviously, the, the weakest position group on this team, you might say, 
just got weaker, at least for the time being. This is not a long-term thing, as John Harbaugh mentioned. We'll hear from him in just a second. But, Sarah, I got I to gotta wonder, you know, how much of a surprise we just heard from Marlon. Matter of fact, why don't we cut to that, and then we'll go to you and, and essentially get your initial reaction to whether or not this was surprising. This was just Marlon on Tuesday during his media conference. Yeah, to me, this is actually, you know, kind of almost better than preseason. It's obviously – it's much harder to tackle – uh, without going to the ground, and then you're you're covering you know elite guys you know every single play doing your third and ones you're putting in good position good and bad position so I think for a lot of guys me Roquan Marcus we're kind of taking these days as these are our two preseason games not knowing how much preseason action we'll see but you know I think joint practices is it's some of the the best work you can really get. This is why it's so weird, Bobby. I, like. He literally just spoke to the media. I feel like we just did an episode where we highlighted that. He was talking about his matchups with OBJ. Uh, no big deal. And then I see, you know, practice reports coming out just a few hours later after us recording that episode. And it says he's not there. So I'm like, well, maybe just a vet day or protecting him or whatever. And then, yeah, these reports come out. So this for sure is surprising. I can't comment on how much he'll have to miss because I think that's uh, that timeline is indeterminate right now. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's it's just hard to determine. It's not going to be a long-term deal though. Um, and he is getting foot surgery today. That's confirmed. Well, so I'm sorry, he is going to have. Correct. No, it's been a lingering thing, and they took a look at it and. Uh, said, you know what, that's something we want to take care of now instead of waiting. John Harbaugh, so I think his main point right there, because the question was, did he get injured in practice? Because it sounded like the reporters were just as surprised as we were, given that he finished yesterday's practice and spoke afterwards and seemed fine. It's easy to get caught up into, like, lingering what? So when I put out that quote on Twitter, I had people immediately being like, "What what the heck? Like, if this has been out there for... You know, one of the tweets I replied to was like, if it's been lingering for two to three months, why wait till now? So we don't know how long it's been lingering, right? It could have been in the last two weeks or so, you know, just we we don't know when it started lingering. The point was, is that because the question was really about, well, was it yesterday? Like, when did this happen? He's like, no, it didn't happen yesterday. It's lingering. I don't know. Is that two weeks? Is that whatever? I don't know. But it sounds like they're trying to get out ahead of it. Um which is obviously a good thing to do a month before the season rather than I just feel like I remember when Rashad Bateman was starting to have foot injuries last year, like it was something clearly going on and he tried to play through it because it was already in the season. And then obviously the list, Frank, he just went downhill from there. So uh, I'm all for them getting ahead of it. It's the question is, is how long has it been lingering? We don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the bad news is obviously is here are all the injuries. We'll lay them out. So Marlon Humphrey is out uh, at least a month. Sounds like he's going to miss at, at least. I know the Ravens are hopeful he'll be back for, for week one, but uh, sounds like it's going to be a couple of games and with the way things go, you might want to put a couple more games on there. You never know with, with these injuries. Rock Yassine, uh, he's out week to week, and so is Jalen Armour Davis. Um, he's more day-to-day. So John Harbaugh was just asked about the both of them on Monday. Jalen Armour Davis would be back pretty soon, and then he said uh, Rock Yassine was in the same vicinity, uh, but not quite as 
up to things as as Jalen Armour Davis, so it sounded like J.A.D. would come back sooner. Pepe Williams um, out for at least uh, two months. It sounded like it'd be October because he's having a surgery done again on his ankle. John Harbaugh said that the the screw in his foot had created a little crack in his foot. Arthur Mollett also day-to-day or or week-to-week. And then the, the, the healthy guys are – uh, rookie Caillou Blue Kelly, Ardarius Washington, Kevon Seymour, and Brandon Stevens, who plays a little bit of safety, and Worley, who has been playing corner before, said he was full-time safety, but be, would be willing to, to move back. So, listen, Bobby, I don't know. I did a um, a long tweet uh, a couple weeks ago, and I put the top, the most, the ten most important Ravens to the season. Um, so basically what I meant by that was the guys that could least afford to lose. Lamar Jackson was the top of that list. I debated between Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey for number two. I ended up putting Stanley number two and Humphrey number three, but that just, the point is this is not a good injury. Uh, and, but if you want to look at the optimistic side, none of them are season enders. So you just hope the Ravens can figure things out long enough until he can come back and hopefully he comes back totally healthy. It's August 16th, right? It's like we thought maybe we'd be talking about this weeks, months down the line, not before the second preseason game. So hopefully that's actually ends up being a good thing that it's this early, right? So you don't want to totally sound the alarm bells, but at the same time, we've we've highlighted this group as sort of being the weakest link for a while now and now it's kind of coming to fruition based on the lack of insurance that they have so expect them to be active very active in the coming days i would think so that they can actually feel the team of cornerbacks and then like you said this list you know right here also doesn't include the guy they just picked off just picked off of uh waivers the other day tay hayes so he's he'll be in the mix as well from the lions but yeah you got a group of guys who there's not a ton of experience on this list. And, you know, man, doesn't it feel as if with no Marcus Peters, that's almost accentuated even more so than uh, <laughs> than than it was with him leaving and, and many within this fan base wishing that he was still a part of it. Hopefully, hopefully they'll Marlon. What, what did Rappaport's tweet say here? Let's see. The hope is that he's back in a little over a month. So out for the first couple of games is what Ian is is reporting. Well, the first couple of games we know begins on on the 10th of September under a month from now against Houston. The second week two would be the following Sunday against Cincinnati. So we know how top heavy this 2023 schedule is, Sarah, in terms of in-division games this year. If I'm not mistaken, last year it was actually the opposite. It was very bottom heavy with with a lot of the division games coming towards the end of the season. So it's important. It's important right out of the gate. And I think that's that's what almost puts a, an emphasis on how big of a loss this could be in the early going, right? In, in the early going in, the, in that opening month. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not like murderer's row in terms of like the quarterbacks are going to have to face minus week two against Burrow. And I know Burrow is has been dealing with an injury himself, but you know, you got the rookie CJ Stroud, you've got another rookie after Burrow with Anthony Richardson. So, um, you know, hopefully it is something that they can 
just score a lot of points and hopefully, you know, get some pressure on quarterbacks or whatever. You bring up Marcus Peters. It's it's hard for me to talk about that because there's a part of me that's, and I'm sure for the fan base that's super frustrated. I remember on on draft night when the Ravens waited till basically the fifth round to to get a cornerback in in Caillou Blue Kelly, and I remember tweeting out like, "Hey, any Marcus Peters, anyone? You know?" And so you you want it, and so at the same time you kind of want to move forward. You you know that that's not a possibility anymore. So I don't like to live in the past. Um, somebody had asked me like why they didn't pick him up. Was it because of him and John Harbaugh? I'm sure there's many factors. We've been over this. It's yeah, like he was explosive and it's, it probably didn't help that you were yelling at your coach and other teammates on national TV. And it didn't help that, you know, he, he had, he did, he had subpar play. I don't want to like rewrite the his the history of last year. He had a subpar play, um, coming off of that injury and then, you know, maybe the Ravens were looking to move him more into a part-time role. Maybe that's something that Marcus Peters wasn't interested in. Maybe they would have been fine moving past, you know, the things that had happened and him being upset with some some of the decisions that was made in game. Uh, so we don't know everything that was going on there. All I know is that he didn't sign until a couple weeks ago. And despite his subpar play, I felt like another year removed from his injury, it was still worth getting him back. And um, but there's nothing you can do about that at this point. We're we're late in the in the off season. It's training camp time. There's not a good a lot of good options. So um, to me, even before these injuries happen, Bobby, this doesn't change my latest opinion since it became clear that Marcus Peters wasn't coming back. To me, even if all of these guys are healthy, say week three, say say Marlon comes back. I'm still not comfortable with this position group. And I understand that you can't have three starters deep, you know, at every position. I, so I, I hope I'm not being um, unrealistic. But to me, this team is still short a veteran contributor. Um, and I have felt that you're not going to get that out on the free agent market. Marcus Peters was really the last kind of guy that would be of that caliber. And I have felt that it would come through trade. Now we're going to have to be patient though. I've kind of felt like, can the Ravens hold on until like mid season when you have some teams that realize that they're out of the playoff picture and are going to go into a rebuild mode and then would start selling off pieces. I don't know that there's going to be anybody willing to sell, you know, the, the type of caliber, cornerback that I think that at least that I'm looking for. I've seen a lot of fans ask about Carlton Davis because, you know, maybe the Bucks are selling or Jair Alexander because maybe the Packers are selling. I don't know. I don't have my hopes up for that. There is still William Jackson out there. He visited with the Ravens. I've seen people talk about Bryce Callahan. So there are some names, but this is going to be a position where I think it's going to require some patience and I hope, though, that in the end, Eric DeCoste is able to address it in some way because I think he's had a superb offseason. Lamar Jackson extended. OBJ signing. Nobody, I mean, he had so many suitors. He didn't have to come to, to the Ravens. The Zay Flowers, again, it might be early, but so far it looks like a fantastic draft pick. I feel like I feel like Eric DeCoste has had a superb offseason, and I would hate, hate, hate if a thin cornerback room would be the undoing of this what looks to be a great roster so i'm rooting for edc i'm gonna be patient
but I hope that this can be all brought together before it could, you know, uh, just hurt the Ravens when they come up against some superb passing attacks. Think about how much more superb it could have been had Darius Slay not been offered a, a, a sweeter deal by Philadelphia back in March or yeah. some of the rumblings about Miami cornerback Xavier Howard. What if a trade went through there? There were some reports last year that, that EDC was fishing around. So he, he has tried to take his swings for that vet opposite mm -hmm. Martin that you've kind of, you kind of referenced a, a minute ago. That's not on this team right now. They settled for rock with all due respect. They settled for him, you know, in free agency. And now right now at, at the time of, of this, live stream he's unavailable so that's where they currently stand right now before we move on to some other topics from joint practice day two between the commanders and ravens here is what uh, roquan smith had to say about the latest news regarding his teammate marlon humphrey yeah it definitely uh hurts the defense you know when a leader uh like marlon uh is not out there with us but i know he'll get back uh as soon as he can and uh We'll pick up, try to pick up the slack where uh, he's not there when he's not out there. But looking forward to uh, him being out there uh, pretty soon. More from Roquan coming up in a little bit, too. He had a hilarious answer to just like the, the idea at this point. He's a vet, right? But the idea of joint practices, the idea of participating in preseason. So more on that in just a bit, but let's get to, and I just had that up a little while ago. Oh, did you? I was on a rant. I was on a rant. Sorry, I missed love. it. <laughs> <laughs> Ing's ready to suit up and, and he may have to at this rate because yeah, it's, it. dare I say, dare I say there's some shades of, of 2021. I'm not going to go the, quite that far, but the secondary is, is depleted right now. And I don't think there's going to be any Uber drivers per se suiting up for Mike McDonald, <laughs> but there you have it. I'm what more shades. Gears? I'm more shades of of wide receiver 2022, where you have Bateman who's like carrying the load, and it's like you're you're probably okay if you have Bateman stay healthy, but if he's not healthy, then you're in trouble. That's how I feel here. Is it's like you've had Marlon, he's your leader, he's great, and it's not like the Ravens didn't address the position at all. I'm not saying that, but it's always been like Marlon and everybody else, and if Marlon goes down, then you're in trouble. So listen. If he comes back healthy by like three or four and then plays the rest of the season, then the Ravens are in okay position. It's just this feeling of, can you get more depth? And I, and again, I hope it's not unrealistic because it's not like you're going to get a guy who just like wants to start for two games and then becomes a backup again. So there's got to be, you got to find the right, uh, you, I don't know. You just got to hit the right kind of guy, but uh, uh, hopefully this isn't like doomsday. Hopefully this is just a scare and he's fine by week four and rocks back and everybody's back. Well, that's let's try. Let's try to end on some some hope here. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> yeah. you know? Maybe I'm negative Nelly today, but I, I like that. Let's let's transition off of that to some practice notes from day two. Again, two days of joint practices just wrapped up between the Ravens and commanders earlier today. Again, live streaming on Wednesday, the 16th. And some notes from the Athletics' Jeff Zarebeck. Uh, just generally speaking, he was on the field where the Ravens' offense was going against the commander's defense. Ravens certainly made some plays downfield, he notes. Odell Beckham Jr. caught a touchdown on a nice Jackson throw in the back of the end zone. Zay Flowers got loose, and Jackson hit him in the back of the end zone. But there was still a sense that the Ravens left plenty on the field. 
There were a few drops, including at least one by the undrafted rookie running back Keaton Mitchell on a wheel route where Jackson dropped it in his hands. On a few other plays, Ravens wide receivers and tight ends had separation and Jackson underthrew them. So here are some of the kinks that all sides of the offense are sort of working through as this new scheme is implemented under Todd Munkin. But I think that's probably the first knock of the offseason, or I should say of training camp on one Keaton Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keaton Mitchell, you, you really hasn't been much bad to say. It's just more everybody cheering for him to uh, make the roster. The Baltimore banners, Jonas Schaefer weighing in from with some of his observations. Uh, the second hour was much more chill than the first, as he wrote. Lamar and the first team offense did not have a good morning. He had Lamar at 8 for 19 and 11 on 11s and 3 for 7 in 7 on 7s. Drops and PBUs are in there, like Jeff noted, but there were several misses as well. So not the cleanest day ever, not a ton of highlights either, uh, but those are some of the, the mechanical statistic numbers from the beat reporters that were on the scene in terms of you know, Lamar's in the offense day. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. Uh, these are all unofficial numbers from Jonas, um, but it's nice to get somewhere in the vicinity. I'm sure he's not that far off. Uh, that's that's uh, that's different from yesterday. I remember yesterday the reports had come out. Lamar had like one kind of bad sequence, maybe um, maybe an an overthrow. One of them I couldn't tell if it was an overthrow or Zay just barely missed it out of his his fingertips. Maybe lost it in the sun, but. There was one sequence, and then there was like highlight after highlight after highlight from the offense. So uh, not as much today, but Bobby, as we're talking, I'm seeing the Ravens Twitter just put out a top play from <laughs> Zay. I don't know if we can grab that while we're talking here. because we're about to, Oh, you already have it. Of course you do. Yeah, because we're, we're ramping up to Zay. Here's the thing. If you're depressed, if you're like losing hope, um, you can always count on some Zay highlights, which we will have to just make to, to, to brighten your day. Um, so uh, again, not as much. You you had warned yesterday, Bobby, that the team would probably tighten up on on videos and what was allowed because we had three different videos of some of the dust ups that happened yesterday. Today, I haven't really seen. I saw one from Josina, but it was super far away. You could see it was like a crowd. Um, so we'll just rely on Jeff here explaining it. He says there were two altercations in today's practice. On one, Patrick Queen was involved with the commander's running back, Brian Robinson. In the other, he says he didn't have a great view of it, but a commander's offensive lineman drove a Ravens defender into the ground, and the defender reacted in a helmetless Matabike and Odafe Owe got into the mix quickly. So uh, that happened there. And then this one got some some discussions going on. Luckily, uh, Jeff described it in more detail, so we understand what's going on later. But he said, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews seemed to be frustrated. After a Lamar Jackson touchdown pass to Zay Flowers, which may be the highlight that we have coming here. Um, who knows if they had more than one, though. But after that touchdown, Andrews spiked his helmet hard enough where it looked like part of it broke. <laughs> Uh, I would not want to be that helmet. Uh, he then took a knee off to the side and eventually walked back inside by himself just as practice was ending. And so the way Jeff describes that, it obviously makes you wonder because it's after this touchdown pass to Flowers, then Andrews slams his helmet down. So you'd think that'd be a time for celebration. So people started speculating, Jeff, 
is Andrew's upset because he's not getting the ball as much. And Jeff like squashed that really quick because he was like, whoa, 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 you don't understand. Yes, these new wide receivers, this is new to all of us. They're getting balls, they're getting touchdowns. He said, though, that Mark Andrews is still getting probably double the catches from any other Raven. So don't get it twisted. He is still a massive part of this offense. And I still think, we talked about this yesterday, who could the two the two 1,000-yard receivers, because Marlon Humphrey had predicted that, I still think Mark Andrews could be one of those. He's not a wide receiver, but he's, he's a receiver. And he also said, he speculated, he's like, I don't know for sure because he didn't talk to Andrews. But he thought that Andrews was still upset from a one play prior. He was up against the rookie Emmanuel Forbes. Forbes was able to make a break and had a pass breakup on on a pass to to Andrews. So he thinks Andrews being the competitive guy that he is, he was just still upset about the play before. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Mark's been been super fired up, and and for whatever reason, I think Washington may have a dog on its hands with Emmanuel Forbes. He seems to be – he was the same dude that got into it with Tylen Wallace on the first day of joint practices, and now he's getting into it or at least frustrating or perhaps being a factor in what you know that, that kind of boiled over into for Mark Andrews. So if that's any indication of what he's going to be for Washington as a rookie, former 16th pick overall back in April, then uh, they could be in good hands there on the outside in their secondary. So anyway, those those were some notes also just along the lines of injuries and, and absences. Rashad Bateman did not have a setback. Him not practicing today was just part of his recovery process. That's according to John Harbaugh. Melvin Gordon, running back, he left practice early, although he had no athletic trainer with him and didn't appear to be in visible discomfort. Again, those observations put forth by Jeff and then Isaiah likely is just dealing with a contusion of some sort. Jeff says there's nothing serious there could be back later this week or next week. So, you know, those will probably get swept under the rug today of all days because Marlon is down and that's national news. 
but those were a few a few items that you should know um, from the second day of, of joint practices. Before we shift gears to Zay, and again, he's just – Washington's not going to want to see – they're going to be happy not to see him. <laughs> Maybe they'll have to see him for a series or two, though, on Monday night, but the DBs are not going to want to see this dude at all after what he did to them. But before we get to Zay and the annual daily – whatever hourly highlight reel that he provides here's kevin zeitler when asked by jonas in terms of what he's seen from lamar command wise because remember it wasn't all that long ago that lamar said himself like todd has given me the keys to this offense which means i can make adjustments as needed at the line of scrimmage i can identify things and and make changes on the fly based on what i'm seeing coverage wise Kevin likes that. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime Lamar, uh, you know, makes any sort of change or call, you know, we know he's about to do something magical. So pretty excited when he does it. Pretty excited when he does it. Anybody who knows Kevin Zeitler, I've had a chance to get to know him a little bit. When I was with Ravens Radio, we had a couple one-on-one interviews. And he's pretty dry, pretty blue-collar guy, dude who doesn't – not on social media very much. His wife is. Sarah's great. But uh, Sarah without an H, if I'm not – if I'm not mistaken, Sarah Zeitler. And she does a great job at um, sort of because he's not active on social media, kind of documenting a lot of what he does uh, on, on her profile, which is kind of hilarious because of how dry he is. But he smiled there, Sarah, and he used the word <laughs> magical. <Yeah>. Magical. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Well, it's I'm actually quite like impressed that you pulled the clip because – to be honest, when those are coming on, you're like transcribing and you're reading and you're trying to keep up with the news. Sometimes just like the stuff he like, I didn't even pick up on it because he is so dry. So, you know, those are good listening ears here that you found the word magical. You're right. Those That's like something that like, you know, you don't hear from him very often. So uh, he doesn't like to be, you know, put out hyperbole. So uh, let's hope it is magic. Let's hope, you know, who is magic? Zay Flowers. So let's move on. Let's move on to Zay Flowers and some of his stuff. First of all, this looks like the the team website put uh, or the the Ravens put this up on Twitter today, Wednesday. But I'm pretty sure this is the holding clip that we highlighted yesterday. That's the way it looks to me, because it's the same wild goose, like it was a dive, but. Remember the the commander's website put up a, a pretty sweet photo, but it was uh, there. They were whole, they were definitely hands to the face. I mean, almost any any penalty you can think of, and they were like, "Want to hang it? We sh- or it should be hung in the Louvre, right?" If that one should, this Jim. one. The, what's that? Yeah, of the play with OBJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the play with OBJ. Yeah. No, this one you could hang this in the Louvre. Look at this. Look at this. Zay Flowers, that is just like make that your wallpaper, make that your screensaver, make it whatever you want. My goodness, that is just totally laying out. And it's a gorgeous photo, such a gorgeous photo. I don't know who the photographer was, but that is absolutely gorgeous. And I'll just say this too for our audio only crowd you're looking at coverage where this wild goose DB from Washington is draped. All over Zay. He's got his right arm on Zay's right forearm. He's sticking to him like glue. Meanwhile, Zay is spread out. He is literally laid out in the air as he goes down to the ground, football in hands perfectly, right in the sweet spot. 
has the concentration to haul this thing in. Awesome coverage, better play. That's the playmaking ability that he continues to show here in the early going. This is an awesome photo. Perhaps it's Sean Hubbard from the Ravens. If it is, he is one of the best out there, an award-winning photojournalist, photo photographer for the Ravens. But but an awesome capture of who's become an awesome, awesome source of entertainment here. All right, so then let's get into highlights of today. So this one is, again, one-on-ones. I feel like I always need to put it out there. One-on-ones always favor the offense. There's no no defensive help, but still you like to – what's nice is the separation that Zay Flowers gets on his own over and over and over again. So here he is against uh, – who do we have here? Benjamin St. Juiced. Okay, so Benjamin St. Juiced. This is one-on-ones. It's just – it's like every every time – he he has a little stutter step to start. Okay, St. Juice is still with him. Is that he tries to grab the jersey back there for sure? Tries to get it, but can't get it. It's too tight. So he fakes, he fakes flowers, fakes to go right. And then, like always, that he puts that foot in the ground and he goes the opposite direction. Like, I don't know what DBs can do short of saying a prayer. How do you how do you stay? And and by the way, where does St. Juice go? Like homeboy is off oh. the frame. He he goes completely right and Zay Flowers goes left. He's out of the frame. The camera has lost him and Zay Flowers has a habit of losing DBs that are guarding him. Yeah, he completely out of the frame. His turn radius, how quickly he can turn on a dime is just and you're right. The shake is is nothing crazy off the top of the route. Right. It's when you're mid route where you're in trouble, you think you're in good shape with him because you're hanging with him. You're in front of him. And he hasn't even showed you anything yet at that point in the route. It's at the end of the route, middle of the route where it is. I'm going to lose you. It's just a matter of when, not if. And he had good coverage right up until that turn. So here's another one as well. In play, Sarah, just a different angle, or where did you grab that one? Okay, so this one's from Hensley. Yeah, so this one's from Jameson Hensley. I don't think it's the same one because they – well, it could yeah, have been. In the end zone. They're, yeah, they're in the I end don't... zone, that one. They weren't the, the other one. Yeah, yeah, but, it's a, but you can see why you'd think it's the same one because it's against St. Juiced again, and it's the same change of direction. Where and and St. Juice gets lost again. It's like, yeah, I don't think it's the same play, but holy moly, he gets him twice with the same move. It's just like, how do you stay with the with the change of direction? So that's bananas. So, but I I grabbed it with sound too, just so that which I guess we just played because it's just so fun to listen to the crowd because you know the whole crowd is is watching Zay whenever he's up, all eyes are on him, and uh, and yeah, so it's just fun for the crowd to be like, Zay. You know, got him again. So, uh, so did you get that top play? Is that the is that what the one down at the bottom is? That yeah, the Ravens coming up in just a second here. Okay. I want to make sure we we hit our audio only folks with a little bit of play by play. You know, for those of you who don't know, I actually used to be a play by play broadcaster before I kind of shifted gears into the content side of things. So let's see if I still have it here. Again, they're in the red zone. Press coverage by Washington D Washington's DB. Zay gives them a little shake, and like like we mentioned in that first clip. Once you get to the middle of the route, 
good coverage by Washington's DB. But once he's in the end zone, Zay hits him with that turning on a dime. It's it's the jab, almost like a, a basketball move, right? You jab with your right foot and cut back the other way, and he's lost. And he's completely open for the football to come to him right outside the numbers in the corner of the end zone. So you're right. It's very similar to that first one. Zay is so comfortable, so sturdy as a route runner. But again, he makes you feel like you're you're in good shape with him midway through the route. And you got to be with him the entire time because his most violent moves are coming towards the end. And here's what here's what projecting it into the regular season where the Ravens struggled so much in the red zone. Like, who are you gonna double cover? Because Zay, as has shown a million times over, one-on-one, he can get open. He can get open on his own. So, okay, do you cheat and get some help there? Cool. There's Mark Andrews still. There's still Mark Andrews who can who can grab the ball and just muscle it away from people. You got OBJ. You got OBJ who, who doesn't have the same change of direction speed. Uh, but, boy, is he crafty? And does he know how to get a ball once it's anywhere in the vicinity? And we're not even talking about Rashad Bateman yet. We're not talking about J.K. Dobbins. And we're not talking about if everybody's covered what Lamar Jackson would do if he started to, if he started to scramble. So it's just, it's just so beautiful that he can get open on his own because you're going to start putting defenses in a bind. All right, top play of the day as decided by the Ravens Productions crew. Here's what it looked and sounded like. Again, no surprise there. And again, for the audio only folks, it was Zay Flowers, Lamar to Zay deep. And uh, there you have it. The guy is stealing the show, Sarah. Well, and it's it was just yet another one of his. This time it wasn't against St. Juice. I'm trying to look up number 41 for, for uh, the commanders right here. But it's just one of those. It's DJ uh, Sturgis. So... Uh, yeah. And it's just another, it's just the change of direction and it, it, it never gets old. It will never get old to me, Bobby, watching him leave these guys with their cleats. I mean, just completely broken ankles. Uh, it will never get old. So that one, I, I don't know. Was that one in 11 in, on 11s? The, 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 uh, pitcher in is so tight. Like it needs to be because the Ravens don't want to give away too many play plays, but uh, was that 11 on 11, seven on sevens? I don't know. Couldn't tell. Yeah, they were tough. As we talked about, they were tough on day two after a lot of footage went viral from day one, as you might imagine, because of uh, how much extracurriculars there were between the two teams. So let's finish here. Some, some notable sound bites from press conferences because Odell Beckham Jr. actually hit the podium earlier today. Roquan Smith did as well. And OBJ was asked about sort of the, the relationship both on and off the field that he and Lamar are building because prior to him coming to Baltimore, he just really knew of number eight. Well, who didn't know of number eight, but here's that friendship. Um, I mean, I always knew of him and, you know, never like hit him up and, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk like that, but it was always a mutual respect from afar. You know, I watched him when he was in college, I watched him when he was here, you know, you have a, a deep respect for, for greats. Um, and, you know, the relationship is definitely developing. It's, it's just cool to be able to kick it, you know, on and off the field. And what do you see or how do you see it? And, 
uh, a receiver always wants to work, you know, for his quarterback. You know, you, this is a guy who you're going to – he's going to have to hang in there and take a hit every now and then to get you a touchdown, and you're going to have to take a hit to complete a pass for him. So it's a um, mutual, you know, relationship that you guys have to have there. So everything is cool. Uh, I'm definitely loving that. You know, when he first got to Baltimore, I think it was during the mandatory minicamp, and he kind of flew in the night before, and we remember we were like, dang, Odell seems like he's – super tired or super disinterested uninterested by this media session what a far cry from that he really seems like he's enjoying it i thought that was an eloquent answer compelling answer in terms of how things are being built between him and lamar and he seems like he's enjoying himself yeah i feel like he he and lamar downplayed a little bit it's more like the jameson asked that question to everybody it's he's obviously going after a story like about their relationship both on and off the field because Jamison had asked Roquan what the relationship was like. He asked him to Zeitler. He asked him to anybody, to Harbaugh, everybody. So, uh, but the point is, is that, you know, they do get along really well. They get along really well. And it's nice to see that between a quarterback and one of his top receivers. Being that it was joint practices, you heard Marlon kind of say earlier in the week that these are really sort of his now now they're not unfortunately because he's he's undergoing the surgery but he he mentioned like hey me Roquan Marcus Williams we treat these like this is our preseason because they're not getting any preseason action well can that sometimes actually be almost only to a sense you're treating it as if you're if, if it's your own preseason ramp up but are you not uh, potentially revealing everything you've got coming and that's essentially what OBJ was asked have you been holding back at all in practice against yeah. against our teammates yes yeah there's some things i wouldn't do to my teammates that i'd you know do to somebody else so um it's that fine line of like competing but keeping each other healthy and safe and uh, just being able to find work so um, again like i said it was great to be able to go against um, another team and in, in, in different competition uh, i think the the last two days are very very beneficial on both sides some things that I wouldn't do to the in-house guys that I would out. <laughs> I, I want to know what those look like. Yeah, exactly. I want to know what those are because his first day on campus in training camp, he did that fake back shoulder and then kept going forward and, and had that sweet catch. So yeah, I want to know what that is. And I am seeing comments and this is again, trying to, trying to be, you know, optimistic here. And I, but I do want to echo these, the Ravens offense always seems to start the season fast. At least it has in, in seasons past. And you just hope that with with Marlon not being there, uh, you could see some there being some high scoring games. And you just hope that you know you're just watching OBJ, you're watching Zay, you're watching Mark, all this kind of stuff. Hopefully, this offense is gonna be enough to carry carry the team through. You know, a couple games to start the season. We'll finish here and then get to one little Lamar note on different plays that he's been sending to his offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. But I think this is hysterical. I tweeted this out. Uh, Roquan essentially being asked about joint practices like like Roquan, or I'm sorry, like Marlon was as well on Tuesday. This was this was Roquan's answer. Uh, I think it's the most realistic work. And it's I'm no rookie. Uh, it's not my first time not having uh, reps in the uh, preseason or whatever like that. So I think I know how to play ball. Um, and it's just always good just to be able to go out here and get game-like scenarios versus a uh, quality opponent in the commander. So it's, it's never bad, and you can never turn down good work. I'm no rookie. It's not my first time not having reps in the preseason. I think I know how to play ball. 
That's so good. I love that was this guy. Good. That was like, yeah, like Lamar yesterday, they were like, are you going to play in the preseason? He's, and he's like, oh, I don't think I played in the preseason last year, did I? And the reporter's like, does that mean you're not going to? And he just gives like this, like it's just a yeah. face. Like, yeah. what do you think? Why are you even, why are you even asking me this? So, yeah, this is pretty cool, Bobby. Um, we had we had seen that uh, that in game interview that Lamar Jackson had done with Evan Washburn, and in that Lamar had revealed that he had been sending plays. He sent it to his 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 to basically got to Munkin, and Munkin was putting him in. And Lamar, with the coolest quote, he's like, "I'm just so happy he's listening to me." Um, but then it sounds like Jameson kind of followed up a little bit because Jameson's been on SportsCenter saying that Lamar told him that some of the routes he found, he found on social media. <laughs> and so he was passing it up, up the lines. And it's like the social media routes are working in practice, it sounds like. So it's just kind of funny that, you know, it's like you get the plays where you can get them. Seriously. And and Todd's listening, right? That's all you can you can ask for. It seems like, again, the demeanor how honest he's been, transparent, all those things. Really finding ways. I think we talked about this on Saturday's post-game show. Lamar is finding ways to express the 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 dialogue that he's been engaging in with with Todd, which I think is cool. And we didn't always see him make those efforts to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit in terms of his dealings with Greg Roman. That's not to, you know, that that's not to undermine Greg. It's it's more so to just observe that there is, it's almost like this this infusion like look, there's this infusion of of excitement and um a, a fresh start for Lamar under Todd so just a couple of my observations what from what we've seen of him in media both with Evan Washburn and then also during his own availability over the course of the last month or so as always we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month and again, these are a couple OGs that have been with us from the jump. Dion Coleman, Lisa Schaffner, we appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you're interested in doing the same out there now that we're gearing up for the start of the season, it's a great way to support us. Visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. You can find that link. You can find all that information in the show notes below. For our audio only folks, this does take place of Thursday's morning vault. Again, maybe you're listening to it on Thursday morning already, but just from a housekeeping standpoint, there will not be, unless something crazy happens between now and we're live right now, just after 3 Eastern on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, unless something crazy happens, this will take place uh, on, on YouTube as well for Thursday's morning vault. So, partner, I'll give you the last word before we jump. Well, I just want to, I'll, I'll give this last word from... Laura, Laura Roten, I'm hoping, hopefully got it right. She gave us a super chat. Thank you very much, Laura. She just said, we'll just end on this note. Hey guys, I'm just curious. Could the safeties move to help? And the answer is yes. Um, Brandon Stevens, who has been a safety can play corner. He basically did quite a bit against the Eagles Saturday night. Daryl Worley could move back. He's played there before and not that it would be a full-time move, but yes, Kyle Hamilton can play in the slot. He did so um, in the past, and so if they wanted to bring in, say, Geno Stone, and he play, you know, in the back with uh, Williams, and then, you know, you could get Kyle Hamilton playing that kind of slot corner number three kind of role. So, yes, that is another place where you can get some help. So that should about do it, though, Bobby, right there. 
Yeah, thanks, Laura. Appreciate that. And as always, if you want to donate, you don't want to do so through Patreon, which is sort of a monthly installment thing for as little as $1.99, $4.99 for a shout out, all the way up to $49.99. If you're a small business owner and you want to title sponsor an episode per month, you can do so on a one-time basis if that's more your thing through Venmo. As you see there on the screen, at Raven's Vault Podcast is the handle. And with that, uh, we're coming up on, what, 9,000 subscriptions. So as always, if you get your content from us on a daily basis on YouTube and you want to be notified and you want to help us out and you don't want to do so monetarily, it'd be great if you could just hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so. So with that, I'm Bobby Trossett for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, signing off here on the 16th, a special instant reaction live stream. We wish we didn't have to because of the unfortunate news uh, related to you know Marlon Humphrey and that foot surgery that as we were live here, he could be undergoing that right now. But we figured we, we should and that um, hopefully you got something out of this. So anyway, we will next talk to you on Friday morning here inside the ball. <laughs>